Good morning, church. Good morning and welcome to Riverside. So glad all of you are here today. Merry Christmas. I hope you're ready for the week that is ahead. I know it's going to be a wonderful time. I hope and pray it will be for, for, all, of, for all of us. Today we've got a special day planned. This is our candlelight worship. So I'm really glad you're here. In just a moment, we'll hold these candles. We'll light them and we'll fill the room with a light that for us symbolizes the light of Christ. The light that illuminates the darkness, the darkness of this world, the darkness all around us. The light of Jesus that shines in us and through us for all the world to see. And so I want to go and ask some of our, fr- our friends to go ahead and make their way around the room and pass out these candles. If you would, just hold on to those uh, at the end of our time together. We'll light those, but go ahead and take one now and, and grab a hold of that. As they're passing those out, I, I uh, have a question that I want to I ask you. I want you to give this question some thought. This is a question that people have been asking for ages, through all generations, all around the world, at different points of faith, people have asked this question, and I'm just curious how you would respond to it. Here it is. What pleases God? What pleases God? I don't know what you think about when you think about that question, but this is the question that people have been wrestling with century after century after century. People who who believe in God and even people who aren't too sure he exists. If he does exist, what pleases God? As you think about that question, um, I, wanna, I wanna begin this morning by sharing a confession with you, all right? So this is something that I really haven't talked about publicly much. In fact, I, I've given this some thought and as I look back over the trajectory of my life, I can see how over and over again throughout my story, like this has, been, this has been a pain point. This has been a problem. This has been something that I've struggled with. Maybe I'm the only one or I don't know, maybe, maybe you struggle with it too. Um, not sure, but I wanna, I wanna offer this uh, confession to you just as a way of getting this off my, off my chest. Because as I think about it, you know, this is something that, I mean, if I, if I, if I wanna be real honest, it's caused problems in my marriage. If I wanna be honest, it's caused problems in my, my ministry, my work. I guess I should go ahead and come out and say it. Here here it is. I am a people pleaser. Anybody else in the room experience this? You're not ready to raise your hand yet? That's okay, I'll come back to you. Yeah. So I have have a hard problem saying no. Um, I don't want to let anybody down. I don't want people to be disappointed, you know. I want to do everything I can within my power, even if it comes at personal sacrifice, to make sure those around me uh, are happy and, and have whatever it is that, they need like this is something that that I struggle with because it, it becomes a problem you know as time goes along this is a really a big problem at Christmas right for those of us who who love Christmas like I do like this can be a real nightmare you know you understand this because at Christmas you figure out real quickly it's impossible to make everyone happy right you just you just can't do it. it's impossible to to buy the perfect gift for every single person you care about it's it's impossible to make all the family especially the extended family happy you know because what they want is they want you to be at their place at Christmas what they really want is the grandkids let's be honest but you just can't make everybody happy okay Am I still the only one? Raise your hand if you feel like you struggle with this. Are anybody else a people pleaser? All right, three of us, that's great. Three honest people in my church. Wonderful, thank you, Lord. Truth is not everybody's a people pleaser, but all of us have people in our life, right? That we want to please. 
And the problem is, as long as you focus on trying to please people, you'll always feel like a failure. It's mission impossible. You just can't do it. You're always going to find a way. There's always, you're always going to let somebody down somewhere, somehow, some way. You just, you just can't do it. And what you are left with is this feeling of pain and disappointment and regret. 1946, uh, one of the most famous movies of all time was, was produced, filmed, released. People watch it every single year. You've probably watched it or you probably will watch it before the year is over. The movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And if you've seen this movie, which I'm guessing most of you have, at least seen part of it here or there, there's this infamous character named George Bailey. You remember what he said to, to Mary, the girl of his dreams at the beginning of the movie? He looked at her and he said this. He said, what is it you want, Mary? What do you want? You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and I'll pull it down for you. There's nothing that George wouldn't do for Mary. Truth is, there's, there's nothing George wouldn't do for just about anybody. Everybody in this town, he tried to find a way to, to make happy, to please. He didn't want to let anybody down, but he got to such a low point in his life. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, there's these two angels talking about George. One angel, the, the senior angel, sort of looks down and he says, a man down on earth needs our help. Clarence, this angel who's yet to get his wings, says, splendid, is he sick? And the senior angel responds, no, it's worse. He's discouraged. He'd spent his life trying to please everybody in town. And now he's at this point where he's left with nothing but disappointment, discouragement, and pain. If you've ever felt like George Bailey, um, the good news is you're not the only one. Uh, the good news is that this desire to please is actually it's actually something that's God-given. Uh, the, the problem is that for a lot of us, we've taken that desire to please and we've, we've aimed it, we've pointed it in the wrong direction, right? And so as long as we spend our lives trying to be people pleasers, we'll, we'll find ourselves living with this, this pain, this discouragement, this disappointment and regret. You weren't created to be people pleasers, but you were created to please. You were, we were created to be God-pleasers. But knowing that, while that's incredible and powerful and helpful, it still leaves us with this question that we started with, right? If that's true, that we were created to be God-pleasers, then we still have to find a way to answer this question, what pleases God? The good news is that the answer to that question is actually found in the Christmas story. So if you would, let's listen to that story once again. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be, take, should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. 
He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. people for some 2,000 years have all marveled at this realization that when the Son of God made his way from heaven to earth, he was born in the humble town of Bethlehem to parents who were from the humble town of Nazareth. You would have thought that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the Son of God would have entered the world with with pomp and circumstance into a majestic place where all the world would have taken notice. But the reality is, is when Jesus was born, hardly anybody knew what was going on. But here comes Jesus, born in a barn because there's no room for him in the inn. Here arrives Jesus, who's who's born in these meager circumstances and laid in a manger that was typically used to hold animal feed. You might have thought he would have been born in a royal palace. It would have made sense if if he would have been born inside the walls of the majestic temple. You would expect that he would be wrapped in fine linen cloth. You would would think that he would be laid to rest in, in the most expensive cradle that money could buy. But what happens? He's born. Jesus enters the world complete humility. And then listen to what happens next. 
That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and there was radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those to whom God is pleased. to earth in this way to be born in a humble town to be born in a humble major to be announced to humble shepherds in a humble field what pleases God I think the answer to that question is found right here in the Christmas story what pleases God is humility the angels sang it they said glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom, with whom God is pleased. Well, with whom is God pleased? God is, he's pleased with a woman named Mary and her husband from the humble town of Nazareth, so much so that he chooses these humble and these faithful people to be the parents to the Son of God. With whom is God pleased? God is 
pleased with these unknown and unnamed humble shepherds and an unknown and unnamed humble field so much so that he chooses these humble people to be the ones that the angel choir appears to to sing this song and to announce the birth of his one and only son to make this announcement that this is how peace has come to earth tonight peace on earth comes to those with whom God is pleased. What pleases God? A few years ago, um, my wife and Alicia, Alicia and I were, were so blessed to get to go to Israel. And on that trip, we spent a day in Bethlehem. And one of the, the most incredible moments of, of my life was getting to stand in Bethlehem overlooking what's known as the shepherd's field. This was the place, it it may have been the exact place, if it wasn't, it was somewhere near here where these angels appeared and they sang this song, Glory to God in the Highest. And and I had, had the opportunity to stand before our group and read this story that we just heard read together in this place where these events unfolded. Right near where I stood, is a place called the Church of the Nativity. This church is built over the site where tradition holds that Jesus was born. Now, it may have been that location or it may have been somewhere near there, but tradition holds that this was the spot. And so they built a church there. And over the centuries, this church has gone through different stages of development. The very first stage, you can actually see evidence of this as you look at the entrance to the Church of the Nativity. You'll see this large wooden beam near the, near the top. This was the original entrance when it was first built. But later on, when the Crusaders came, they built a smaller entrance to the church. This was more of an, an archway that was formed, and that's how you would enter the church building, the Church of the Nativity. But then during the Turkish and Ottoman periods, another entrance was built, a much smaller entrance. It was created, created significantly smaller so that looters could not enter the church with ease. And so if you were to travel to Bethlehem today, and if you were to go to the church of the nativity, the church built on the site where tradition holds that Jesus was born, the only way into this church is through this three-foot-high doorway. And do you know what they call this doorway? They call it the door of humility. And if you want to enter this church, if you want to enter the place where the Prince of Peace was born, the only way in is to either bow low or to literally enter on your knees. The only way enter the place where Jesus was born in complete humility is to enter in in complete humility. And this morning, if you're wondering what pleases God, if you're wondering how to find peace on earth, if you're trying to find that peace that's more than just the absence of conflict, peace that's more than just a ceasefire, peace that's more than just a truce, that peace is found in humility. In fact, there's an undeniable connection between peace and humility. George Bailey understood this. When he finally got to the point in his life, when he realized that, that, that he was the richest man in town, not Mr. Potter, because he had spent so much of his life 
in humility, putting others ahead of himself. When he got to that point, when he realized this, he realized this truth, that those who are humble, those are the ones who have peace on earth. Those who find and those who learn the way of humility, those are the ones who experience peace on earth. This is the same truth that Jesus would teach some of his very first disciples. He would say, blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. And this morning as we think about Jesus, as we think about what it means to be disciples of the one who's known as the Prince of Peace, as we wonder how can we find peace on earth, as we wonder what pleases God, the answer is found in the Christmas story, the answer is found in humility. Church, if you would, let's stand. So this morning, what we want to do is we want to take these candles and we want to light them. We're going to turn down the lights and we're going to allow the light that passes from one candle to the next in this room to be the only light that lights up this space as a reminder as a reminder of the light of Christ that Jesus is the light of the world and I want I want you to watch what happens I know you know what's going to happen but I want you to watch what happens as the light from one candle passes to the next I want you to see what happens as this room that that at first is a little bit dark gets a little bit brighter and a little bit brighter and a little bit brighter as the light goes from one person to the next person, as it goes from, from, from me to you and then down the line. And as the light that emanates from every candle lights up this space. What I think is really interesting about this is that it really doesn't matter who you are, right? It doesn't matter if you have a million dollars in the bank or if you're not sure how you're gonna pay for lunch. It doesn't matter if you drove to church in a BMW or a beat up Ford. It doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus all your life or if you're just still trying to figure out who Jesus is, the light that shines from the candle is the same. It's the exact same. And these candles, by the way, they're not expensive. They're not fancy. They're not very impressive. You might even say they're humble. What matters is that these candles are willing to be lit and carry the flame. What matters for me and you is that we're willing to be lit and carry the flame that is the light of Christ. So this morning, as we turn down the lights, as we lift up these songs of worship, as we lift up these candles, and we remember Jesus who came in humility, born in a manger, to be the light of the world, may we fix our eyes on Jesus. And may we, by the way of humility, learn what it means to find this kind of peace the only peace, the real peace, the peace that comes from Jesus, who is the light of the world. Let's sing.